You stink. Your yellow guts stink. No, you. you you're the one who stinks. You're the one who stinks, man. You come out of Brian so I can fight you. You come into me, I'll show you who stinks. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shaky, and these are my tales of times forgotten. This is Shaky Subject Matter. Alright everybody, SHKE Radio is on the air. Come to you live from Studio 306 in Polo, Illinois. I'm Shaky, along with my co-host Fez Barrow. Fez, get out from behind the desk. It's only a movie. You're seven foot tall. Come here and sit down. Alright, thanks. As you can tell, it's pretty eerie down here in Studio 306 tonight. I know a lot of you out there are familiar with the movie The Conjuring and the series of films associated with it. There's a new one coming out in 2020 called Conjuring 3. And this new movie is based on a story that NBC made a movie of from the Warren Files called The Demon Murder Case. Now, The Demon Murder Case was based on a murder in Brookville, Connecticut where the person who committed the murder said he was possessed by the devil. So, here we go. The devil of a time figuring out who did it when NBC presents an all-star cast in the world premiere movie, The Demon Murder Case. Parental discretion is advised. The house. The lovers. survival. Ken Kirchhoff, Cloris Leachman, Andy Griffith, Eddie Albert, in the world premiere movie The Demon Murder Case, a week from tonight. Now, who they didn't mention in that ad was Kevin Bacon. Yes, the Kevin Bacon, star of One Friday the 13th, getting an arrow through his neck, was also in this film. Now, this film was on... September 6th, 1983. It was a Sunday night movie of the week on NBC. And I remember I was excited because I was a horror fan by then. Dad would go to the uh, video store and find the new R-rated horror film and bring it back. Kind of like some Italian ones like The Gates of Hell, I believe. Yeah. So I was uh, not prepared for the utter dullness that this movie had in it. Uh, But, as I say a lot in my podcast, it was a different time, and I'm pretty sure NBC was uh, afraid to do anything too controversial with this, and we're trying to ride the satanic panic uh, train that was going across the United States at this time. Now, if you don't know what the satanic panic is, you can Google that. It was a bunch of stories about satanic cults and kidnappings and sacrifices going on across the United States, which, I don't know, I've never seen one, but there's still time.
as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, uh, this movie is based on the case files of Ed and Lorraine Warren from the Conjuring movies. And back in the 80s, they had a little talk show on their cable access channel, I believe. I mean, from the set, it looks like it's a cable access channel. I can't, I can't verify. Maybe uh, the guys from Midnight Triple Feature, if they hear this, can tell me if that was on all the time or if that was a one-time thing. Uh, anyway, they had a little thing to say about this before the movie came out, so here it is. Ed Warren and Lorraine Warren. Tonight we're going to speak of a fascinating case that happened right here in Connecticut, the Brookfield Demon Murder Case, which was also made into a book that we have here, and also made into a movie of the week called The Demon Murder Case. And what I'd like to do is start off, if I could, with you, Lorraine. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got involved in this case right from the start? We were contacted by Father Dennis, who at that time was pastor of St. Joseph's Church in Brookfield, Tony. Mm -hmm. And the call came in, and he spoke about a young boy who he had been trying to help, but recognized it as a case of possession. Now, after I saw the real live Warrens, I can tell you that by casting Andy Griffith, they were right. They were right. The real life Warrens look nothing like they do in the movies of the Conjuring universe. Okay. Well, with that, let's get into a little bit of the film where the boy's been possessed and they reach out for help and the only people they can call for help are the Warrens. I'm thinking we got to get some help for Brian. I mean, you know, I love him like a brother, but this staying up half the night, every night, it's wearing me down. What do you mean help? Well, you got a medical problem, you call a doctor, but I don't think that Brian's problem is medical. I think we ought to call a priest. So do I. I think we should call those people. What are their names? The uh, demonologist? The Harrises? I think we should call them first. Why? Because they're the experts. That's that witch from Bethel. Tell her we're not interested. Yes, dear. Hello? Yes, this is Charlotte Harris. Yes, Mrs. Frazier? I see. And how old is Brian? Mrs. Frazier, has the boy seen a doctor? Well, it, it may not be a medical problem, but until... Yes, of course we'll come. Tonight, in about an hour. And Mrs. Frazier, I hope you'll understand we'll be bringing a doctor with us. Yes, I have it, and the telephone number. We'll be there in about an hour. He's an 11-year-old boy. She thinks he's possessed. Did she call the priest? No. But she says she's going to call Father Egan. Have him meet us there. Good. We better bring the kit. I think we're out of holy water. No, we're not. There's 
be nice if for once we didn't need it. If for once all the kid needed was a good strong laxative. That reminds me I have to call the doctor. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes, dear. Yes, a good strong laxative beats the devil every time. Anyway, the Harrises, not the Warrens, because names have been changed to protect the innocent. This made for a television movie based on a real story. Head over to the house that night, and all the demon addicts start acting up. And, you know, we can get the priest involved. The priest is Eddie Albert. This goes on for a few weeks. And finally, uh... They leave after uh, exorcism night. Everybody's tired. And the kid comes downstairs and grabs a knife. And then Kevin Bacon can't handle it anymore. God's sake! Dead man! Dead man! Don't you call me a dead man. You're the one that's dead. And if you ain't dead, I'll kill you! You come out of Brian, I'll take you on. I'll take you on, you hear me? Kenny! No! They told you not to say that! I don't care! I've had enough! You stink! Your yellow guts stink! No, you! You, you're the one who stinks. You're the one who stinks, man. You come out of Brian so I can fight you. You come into me, I'll show you who stinks. You die tomorrow. You die tomorrow at work. Yes, the Kevin Bacon character did the one thing that he was told never to do. Challenge the unknown by asking the demon to come into him. Just like in The Exorcist. Sound familiar? Yeah, after that, Brian's problems subside and things go relatively back to normal. I mean, after you've had six months of exorcism in the house, you know, it's not uh, it's not the same without having everybody run in and out of the house all day long. So, anyway, they got back to normal, and Kevin Bacon went back to work, and his wife, or fiancé, I'm sorry, the fiancé, it's, it's a very confusing cast in this with what's going on in the house and how horrible it is to watch this movie. So you just got to kind of... Bear with me a little bit. So they go to a party with this Australian guy. I'm not really sure where he came from. But they proceed to get hammered at this party. And uh, they end up back at his apartment. And I don't want to ruin it for you, but Kevin, Kevin Bacon and this guy, after he sings Waltzing Matilda for five minutes get into a fight outside and he ends up killing the guy during the fight and then he runs up to some rocks and starts growling okay and then takes off and disappears for 12 hours I believe and then we pick it up where he's at the police station after being found 
Why? Murder. Murder? Yes. Who? What? When? Philip. Philip Russo's the victim. He was stabbed in the chest and he's dead. I did it. I don't, I don't know why I'm here. You're here because you're under arrest. You're being charged with murder. No, I, I, I didn't hurt that man. I swear to God, I, I, I didn't hurt Philip Russo. Are you sure that he's dead? I'm sure. You know what town you're in? Newport. Okay, so I've told you where you are and what you've been charged with. Now I'm required to advise you of your constitutional rights before I talk to you. I, I, don't, um, I don't know what to say. I, I wake up here and... Have you been drinking? Um, yes. But very heavily, yes. I don't know. He was possessed by demons, and we're going to go the limit to try to convince people and the court that this boy did come under possession and was under possession at the time of the stabbing. But is possession a defense? If it isn't, it should be. And from there, they go to the court, and then it's an open-ended ending on the film as they were trying to make this into a series, I believe. Or a series of films, one or the other. But I bet the ratings tanked on this thing. Whew. Fez, you still awake? I thought you were hiding behind the desk when this thing started. But yeah, how amazing would it have been if they did make a series of this? And Andy Griffith and whoever, Joyce Van Dyke, were going around and hunting the demons of the week. I mean, could they have made a series of it? I don't know, but uh, yeah, this was a pretty pretty rough sit-through for me, and as I told you earlier, when I was younger, I shut it off and did something else that Sunday night, but I sat through it for you guys to let you know that only somebody who is really into The Conjuring would enjoy this movie. Now, I like The Conjuring movies, but not enough to sit through this again. So I think once every 40 years, somebody should watch a movie like this to make people know that they're out there. And if they're into The Conjuring, they should watch it. But all the regular people, you know, leave this on YouTube. You can buy it on eBay on DVD for like $30, or you can watch it on YouTube for free. I'd watch it on YouTube for free before you spend $30 on this thing. So with that... SHKE Radio, coming to you live from Studio 306, is off the air. Fez, you got anything else you need to add? Okay, I can't, I can't believe that you were hiding behind the desk at the beginning of this from the, for this movie. Yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. All right, good night. I beg your pardon. You are pretty insistent about this. I think we should go to the bishop. We? I'm not going anywhere near the bishop. The point is, there's an 11-year-old boy who is being hammered by something. 
we have the obligation to do the best that we can. Mr. To... Harris, if I may interrupt, has it ever occurred to you that what the little boy is being hammered by is some sort of psychological aberration? Of course it has. We aren't quacks or imbeciles. We read the medical literature. Then you take it to the bishop. I want nothing more to do with it. 